Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Hey, hey, good morning, guys. How you doing today? Let me make sure that I'm on. All right. Hey, we're stoked that you're here today. If we haven't met, my name is Tim, and I'm part of the team here at Hope Church, and we are uh, super stoked that you're here. We're super stoked for you online and on the patio as well. Uh, man, this is, uh, is going to be a fun morning. Now, I, I got to give you a heads up, a disclaimer, all right? So if you're a dude, uh, I'm going to come at you this morning right from the start. Can I just, can I just tell you that? All right, so just know it. Is it we're going to man up together, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do this thing. But don't, I, I, I want to be an equal opportunity offender. So all of us will be invited into what's happening here today. So, and you'll understand this in just a second. So I have heard that there's a stereotype out there about men, that generally speaking, men don't listen. I don't know if that's true. I don't know because I'm not paying attention, but um, I have heard that that's true. Someone once said, and it's not true, but I'll repeat it um, with this disclaimer, that women speak twice as many words as men. Now, research has shown that that's not entirely true, but the reality of it is that if it were true, it would make sense because women have to repeat everything that they say to a guy. So I don't know how this is in, in your household, but in my household, if I have a phone in front of me or a computer in front of me or a TV in front of me, um, I, will, um, I will subconsciously hear Nicole speaking. Like I know she, like she's talking, but I don't process that she's talking to me, right? And so then, and, and, and so then a while into the conversation, well, you know, conversation, uh, this one way uh, thing that Nicole is, is doing here talking to me, um, she'll, she'll say something like, Tim, are you hearing what I'm saying? And when she says my name, I, 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 it causes me to kind of come out of whatever I'm focused on, and I look over and I say, oh, I'm sorry, were, were you talking to me? And she's like, oh, I got to repeat, I need to repeat to you what I was saying. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, baby, I didn't know you were talking to me. I was just, I was so focused on this, right? So in my household, it's like this. If I'm looking at you, and I say this, mm, mm-hmm, that right there, then that lets you know that I'm engaged. I'm hearing what you're saying, right? But the words aren't just coming in. I'm not just hearing it, but I'm actually listening. There's a big difference, right? There's a big difference we know between hearing and listening. Now, if I have something in front of me and you hear me do that, mm, mm-hmm, my family calls me out on it all the time. They're like, Dad, or Nicole's like, Tim, you're not listening to what's happening here. Put the thing down and let's, let's have a conversation, right? Can you relate to that? Like, can any of you relate? Am I the only one who does that? Okay, all right. I, I, I got at least one hand. I got a maybe over here. Like, I don't want to admit it, you know. But um, we, we can all relate to this 
thing of feeling like we are not being listened to. We're being heard, maybe, but we're not being listened to. And there's a big difference in that. And today, as we take our our week number three in our Art of Neighboring series, we're going to talk about the importance of listening. And here's why. So in week number one of Art of Listening, we talked about how loving your neighbor equals loving God. In fact, you'll see it up here on the screen. Um, Loving our neighbor equals loving God. This is what we started off with, week number one. And we talked about how God was very, very clear through the person of Jesus that we are to simply love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, with everything, basically, and love our neighbor as ourselves. They go hand in hand. You cannot separate the two. They're designed to go together. And if you separate the two you cut the good news of Jesus right in half, and it's no longer valid. Jesus said, you can't say you love me and hate your brother. Like, it doesn't work that way. You can't say, I love Jesus, but I hate you, right? You you can't do it. That's what we talked about in week number one. And then last Sunday, Pastor Danny did a great job of reminding us of this truth. This was our week number two truth. Look at this. Loving like Jesus starts with seeing others like Jesus. So if we are a sent people, when when God told us, I want you to love me and I want you to love your neighbor, he, by default, sent us to love our neighbor. Right? Like like that's the logical progression there. If If you love God and you love your neighbor, you have to go to your neighbor. And so who is now my neighbor? Anyone that God puts in front of us. Someone at the store, your actual neighbor at home, your coworker, your whoever, anyone God puts in your path is your neighbor. And loving like Jesus starts with seeing others like Jesus. So now, hopefully, we've begun to sort of look around and see other people in the way that Jesus sees them. You know what, you know what is one of the, the best ways to, to put this into practice? When you come up to someone, maybe it's a meeting, maybe it's a classmate, maybe it's someone in your family, when you begin to interact with someone, you say a silent prayer and you say, God, help me to love this person right now like you love them. And when you do that, it gets a little more difficult to be angry, to be mean, to to seek your own way, right? Like, we want to love people like Jesus loves. Now, so that's cool, right? Like, are, are you tracking with me now? Like, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor is anyone who's in front of you. But what does that actually look like? What it looks like is that we have to develop the art of listening. Because here's what we know to be true. And this is our, our big idea of truth that you're going to see up here. This is what we're going to be exploring today, that to love is to listen. So if you say you love God, you must love your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, you must listen. Truly listen. They go hand in hand. Again, all of these things are connected. You you can't say you love God and then admit that you love your neighbor and then choose not to listen to them. Truly listen to them. 
And so today we're going to unpack a story in the life of the early church. So if you're not familiar with, with how the Bible is laid out, the first half of the Bible roughly is the beginning of days to the birth of Jesus. The second half of the Bible is the birth of Jesus to the end of days. When Jesus, the first four uh, sections of, of that second half of the New Testament, when Jesus walked this earth, all the stories were found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these four guys who wrote these four letters. And in those letters, you find the life of Jesus. The very next book section of the Bible is called Acts, A-C-T-S. And so the Acts is the Acts of the Apostles, the, the followers of Jesus. So after Jesus was resurrected and he was gone, now Acts is the record of the first 30 years of what we call the church. And so these guys were just learning how to live this stuff out. They were experiencing amazing things. And we're going to walk through one of the stories of a guy named Philip today. And so if you have a Bible, you can turn in, in your Bible, and these are also, the words will also be up on the screen, but to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, if it's on your screen, you know, your phone, or you have an actual Bible, or you can look up here. We're going to walk through this story in the book of Acts chapter 8. And here's what we want to do. We want to see God remind us of the value of truly listening to people. Because if we can't listen, we can't love. And if we can't love, there's no hope. And we are a people who believe that there is hope. And so if there is hope, then that means that we must listen. We must practice this art of listening. All right, you ready to jump in? Okay. Acts chapter 8, here we go. We're going to start in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. All right, so Philip is one of the leaders in the, in the church. He's, he's, uh, he's one of the recognized leaders. In fact, Philip is known as the evangelist, which means that he had a passion for telling people about Jesus and inviting them to say yes to Jesus with their lives. And he was known all throughout the early church as the one who was the evangelist. He, he was a leader. He, this, like, this was one of the main dudes in the church, right? And so one day, he hears from God, directly from God. And this is how God operated a lot in those days. Um, and we hear uh, from God in many ways today. In those early days, there was a lot of stories of people hearing like audibly from God. And they would hear from God, and God would direct and guide. And so he's listening to God. This is the key for how we get started here of truly listening to others is that Paul, uh, uh, Philip was listening to God. Here's our question for you. Are you listening to God? And you may be here today and you're like, Tim, I'm not listening to God. Maybe I'm just like exploring this whole God thing. Maybe you're watching online, you're out on the patio, or you're here today in the room and you're like, I'm just exploring. I'd love to listen to God. I'd love to hear God speak. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm here. And, and so I'm kind of checking this thing out. Maybe you're here and you've been following after Jesus for a long time. Do you remember the last thing that you heard God say to you? And if you're just checking this out, you may be like, whoa, hey, 
what, 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 what is that? That's a little weird. Like God, like God, what does God speak to you? And there are a number of ways that God speaks to us today. Um, God can speak to us most clearly through the Bible. We believe this is His Word. We call it God's Word. It's what is. These are God divinely authored these words, right? Through sixty-six sections of this Bible, through many authors over the course of one to two thousand years. This is this is God's Word. We believe, and it's the primary way that we hear from God. We also hear from God when we pray. We hear from God when others speak to us. Yesterday, I had somebody who spoke with me, and they said, hey, um, I really believe that God would encourage you in this way, and they gave me a scripture, a a part of the Bible, and it spoke directly to where Nicole and I are right now and something going on in our lives, right? This is how God speaks to us. The first thing that Philip did was that he paused Now, how many of you know that if you're going to truly listen to somebody, you've got to pause? You don't listen well when you're on the run, right? You just don't. You have to stop and pause. Now, here's where where this gets sticky with us. Where it gets sticky with us is that we don't have any margin to pause anymore. We just don't. We go and we go and we go, and especially living here in a place like Santa Cruz. Like, if we're not, like, going, 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 trying to make enough money to survive here in this community, right, that is so expensive to live in, then we're out enjoying the community that we pay so much for. We're surfing, we're hiking, we're biking, we're doing all the things, right? And so we go, we go, we go, we go. This is a great question for you to ponder. When was the last time you heard from God? Like heard a word from God? Just think about that for a minute. If it's been a while, likely your pace might be a little too fast. Likely you need to slow down for a minute likely you need to build into your life more margin. Philip only heard from God because he had the headspace to do it. And Philip was one of the leaders in the church. He was helping birth what we call the Christian church after Jesus. He had a lot to do. But his number one task was to listen to God's voice. So, how are you doing? Do you pause long enough to listen? When I'm speaking with Nicole and I have my phone or my computer or the TV in front of me, the only way that I'm going to truly listen to Nicole is when I turn that stuff off and I focus on what she's saying to me. Maybe today, when you leave this place or you log off, You practice the art of pausing, put your stuff down, and see what God has in store for you. So this is what Philip did. He paused, and when he did, he heard God say, I want you to go, and I want you to go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, Jerusalem is where everything was going down. Jerusalem was where Jesus 
was tried and convicted and put to death. It's where he was resurrected three days later, right? It's where Peter first preached to thousands of people after the resurrection of Jesus, and thousands of people said yes to Jesus in that moment. Jerusalem was where the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus promised, fell, came, and indwelled believers, people who said yes to Jesus, and they were able to do miraculous things. Jerusalem was where the action was. The Spirit of God told Philip, I want you to go away from the action. I want you to go down away from Jerusalem toward the road that goes to the desert. Now, this is a big deal, you guys. This is a big, big deal because we want to be around the action, right? We want to be like where it's at. We want to be where the energy is, where the excitement is, where the momentum is. Oftentimes when we come to a church gathering like this, right, there's a lot that happens in this moment. There's some energy. There's, there are songs being sung about God and to God, and we open up the scriptures and we learn things and we let the Spirit of God speak to us and we talk to people and we eat pancakes and we drink coffee and it's like this great, there's like a lot of great energy here, right? But you get into your everyday life and there's maybe not so much of that. Notice that God said to Philip, I want you to turn away from this and I want you to go to the desert area and I want you to do this thing. I have something for you, right? This is what God was asking Philip to do. So watch what he did, verse 27. So he started out. He did it. He obeyed. He started out on the road. He decided to do what God asked him to do. And at the end of the day, through this Art of Neighboring series, you and I are going to have to wrestle with what is God calling us to do in loving our neighbor? I experienced this today. Can I tell you, like, like true confessions of a pastor? I've been having a little, we've been having a little bit of a conflict with our neighbor across the street. And... Um, and she came walking up with their dog today as I was pulling out to come here early this morning. She came walking out with her dog. And I, and I, total, I, totally, I totally looked the other way. I was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even dealing with that. I've, I've got some stuff to do this morning. I'm not even dealing with that. And I let her walk by. No, no I, can't. I just let her walk by. I looked down at my phone or whatever. And as soon as she walked by, I pulled my car out. And I'm driving down the road. And I glance in my rearview mirror, and I could see her walking her dog. And I thought, oh, I'm teaching on the art of neighboring today. And I've turned my back on my neighbor because I'm in some sort of like minor conflict, you know? And I was like, oh, no. Why? Because I want to get here, right? Like, I want to be around you. I, I, I want to drink some coffee and eat some pancakes. Like, like I want to be around, like all this. And, and God, in this moment, convicted me and said, Tim, there's a desert road away from the energy that I'm calling you to because this person needs Jesus. They need to know the love of Jesus like you know the love of Jesus. 
and I'm going to have to circle back around and mend that relationship. This is what we're doing in the art of neighboring, you and I. We're wrestling with these things. And you're not the only one. I don't stand up here that as a guru teaching you about these things. I'm going through the same thing, right? So let's watch uh, Philip as, as he teaches us the art of listening today. So we started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. This person, this guy, was an important official in charge of all the treasury of the queen of the Ethiopians. I'm not saying that word. This man had gone, down to, had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. So this was, if you're not familiar, this was an Ethiopian eunuch. And if you don't know what a eunuch is, you can Google that on your own. And um, he was, let's just say he was committed to his job. Um, and um, he was very, very committed to his job. And he was in charge of all of the treasury of one of the wealthiest people in all of the known world. This was an important guy, important guy. In fact, we know this because he's reading the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. You don't own your own copy of the scroll of Isaiah in those days unless you're very wealthy, very wealthy. So he had gone as an Ethiopian. He had gone to Jerusalem in a quest to find God. And on his way back, he had somehow secured a scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he was reading this thing, right? So this guy's on a spiritual journey. He's on a spiritual journey. And so here comes Philip, verse 29. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, here, here's the funny thing. Was the chariot stopped? Like, was it parked right there? Or was it, like, in motion? Was it in motion and, and Philip had to run next to it? Was he running next to this chariot? And you're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Hey, there's some wild and crazy things going on in the book of Acts. You read it on your own. Read the book of Acts. You'll see there's some crazy stuff going on. In fact, at the end of this story, when God is done with what Philip is doing here, the scriptures say that God transported Philip from where he was to another place. I'm not, I'm not explaining that to you. I don't, I'm not, not going to try to do that. But was Philip running next to the chair? Can you picture Philip like, you know, like, and again, the Ethiopian inside, like, what are you, what, 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 is, what is this dude doing right here? He's like, Philip, I don't know how he did. If he walked up to the thing, if he was running, but Philip stepped into the moment. So listen, the second thing that, that Philip teaches us here is it's not enough simply to pause so that you have some margin. Philip was actually present in the moment. Like, if I step, if, if I am talking to Nicole and I put down my phone or my laptop or I turn off the TV, right, I've paused in the moment so that I can communicate with my wife. But if I'm not fully present in that moment, then all I've done is just turned off a distraction and I'm still not listening to her. I'm hearing what she's saying, but I'm not listening to her because I'm not fully present. How is that for you? Are you fully present in conversation? I have, I have a friend 
who every time that I talk to him, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Every time I talk to this guy, he's always looking around. Every now and then he makes eye contact with me, but he's always looking around. And, and like every time I talk to him, I want to grab his face and be like, bro, I either talk to me or go, 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 go talk to all the other people you're looking for right now because you're obviously looking for a better conversation than with me. So like talk to me, be present in this moment, look at me, let's talk, or go move on and do the other thing. Listen, confessions of a pastor, if you talk to me on a Sunday morning, I'm, I'm so guilty of what I just described. Because I'm a location pastor here, which means that I help provide leadership at this location of Hope Church, uh, which means that I'm constantly looking around. I'm looking at everything. Are the chairs straight? Is the giving box in the back? Is th- are things working? Are things set up? Is the, uh, are people in place? Are they, like, I'm constantly looking around, and it's a discipline for me to stop and actually talk to you on a Sunday morning. Right? Again, we're in this together. Philip was present in the moment. And watch what God did when he was present. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Philip ran up to the chariot, and watch this. He heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. He heard him. That's a great first step. So so he's paused long enough to let God lead him. He's present in the moment. He's now heard something but he's going to turn it from hearing to listening. And watch what happens. He heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet, and so he started asking questions. This is our our key to listening well, is asking questions. You know what asking questions does for us? It removes us from the center of the equation. It puts the person you're talking to, the person you're trying to actually listen to, it puts them at the center of the question, uh, of the conversation. Asking people questions. How are you doing today? Man, what's going on with your daughter? Man, that situation at work, what's up with that? Are you still there? Like, you still working there? You know, asking questions is the way that we begin to actively listen. And and Philip models this for us. Do you understand what you're reading? And the guy said, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. If you're not familiar with Isaiah the prophet, he spoke often of the coming Jesus, the Messiah. The words that the eunuch was reading, those were the words describing Jesus. Oftentimes, you will find that when you pause and when your presence in the moment, God will, God will allow you to intersect someone's life when they're processing Jesus. 
Now, they may not be reading a portion of the Bible. Maybe. Maybe they are. But maybe their hearts are being opened to a God conversation, to a follower of Jesus who says, yeah, I know exactly what you're going through. I went through the same thing. And you know what? Here's what I found in my life. You know, and you're able to speak to the hope that you have that's in you. This is what Philip was doing. He was stepping right into this moment that God had put together. And watch what happens. The eunuch asked him, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And so he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and baptized him. You know, Philip paused, and then Philip allowed himself to be present in the moment, right? And then Philip took the right posture. He asked questions. He allowed the the journey the other person was going through to guide the conversation. Philip was a leader in the church. There were a lot of things Philip could have led with. But he met the guy where he was. He asked questions about where he was. And then he began to unpack the situation in light of who he was as a follower of Jesus. His posture said it all. You know, the guy, have you ever seen a guy, a person, on a corner? Hey, even here in Santa Cruz, have you ever seen a guy with a bullhorn? Like, a, like what are those things? Is that a bullhorn? Like, where, they're sh- where it amplifies their voice, right? Is that, is that a bullhorn? You ever seen somebody on the street corner with one of those shouting at people, repent, be saved? Maybe they're even holding a sign that has some sort of, like, you know, issue, social issue that they're passionate about, and they're yelling at people as they drive by. Have you ever seen those people? Are you, are, are any of you that person? No, don't raise your hand. Um, if you're here today, you came to the right place, because here's, here's, here's what's important about that. The guy with the bullhorn and Jesus have the exact same message. Come to God. God loves you. God God wants to save you. God wants you to say yes to him. They have the same message, but their posture is a world apart. The posture of Jesus was to insert himself into the life of other people, right into the place. He often got right to the place of their greatest need, and he did that by asking questions just like Philip did, right? And when he met them in that place, oftentimes they opened themselves up, and he was able to share his love with them, and guess what? They responded. They had an encounter with Jesus the Christ, and their lives were changed. This is what Philip does. This is what we get to do as followers of Jesus. God is at work all around us if we are listening. And this comes back to where we started. Are you listening to the voice of God? 
And you're like, well, Tim, yeah, I just don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know who. I, I don't know, like, around me. What does that look like? So did you know, can I share this, this statistic with you? Did you know that in our community in Santa Cruz County, the research tells us that 95% of the people in Santa Cruz County don't know Jesus. 95 95%. If you're here today, you're watching online, you're out on the patio, and you are a follower of Jesus, you've said yes to the love of Jesus, you are in the 5%. 95% of our community does not know Jesus. And guess what? 95% of our community is not coming in the doors of a church. So how do we share the love of Jesus with people in our community who need him? How do we show the love of Jesus? We have to listen. To listen is to love. So we've got to pause. We've got to create margin in our lives, right? And then we've got to be present. We've got to commit ourselves to being present with the people who need Jesus, right? And then we have to go in with the posture of Jesus, asking questions, meeting them where they are, and then gently pointing them toward the truth and the love of Jesus. Now, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. You haven't said yes to Jesus, or you're watching online. This is how God has done it for you, right? He's allowed you to be in this environment where you get to hear of the great love of Jesus and be invited to say yes to him. You're at that place, and today can be your day. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that here in just a second. You know, Nicole and I, um, we planted a church. We started a new church in Atlanta, Georgia, at the exact same time that Danny and Jenny were starting Hope Church here in Santa Cruz. And while they were meeting in an elementary school, and some of you were here for that 10 years ago, when they were meeting in an elementary school, we were meeting with a group of people in an elementary school in Atlanta. We were walking similar paths. And you'll hear Danny tell the story about how for the first like two years that they lived here, he rode his bike everywhere. He rode his bike everywhere because he wanted to be in the community. And Nicole and I can relate to that because when we planted a church in Atlanta, what we did, we lived in an area where it was very walkable. And so we walked everywhere. And what we were doing community. Um, Atlanta, Georgia. So there was a historic church in the middle of the city where we lived. And so there were bells that would ring in this 100, 100 plus year old church. And there was a corner bar on the downtown square that had a music venue and pool hall and, uh, you know, and bar. And it was, uh, oh, and a pizza place. It was like all in one. It was, it was, it was like, like you get all your needs in one shot. Like it was like, there we go. You know, it was a great place. And, and, and there was a rhythm there, and you could walk through the, the, the city, and you could hear at different times the music, or you could hear the people coming in and out, restaurants, and you could see the store owners coming in and coming out. And there were community organizers who would do things all around the city. And right in the middle of the city was the town hall. Right? And all the important like government officials would come in and out. And there, there was a rhythm there. And we walked the neighborhood 
all the time, listening for the rhythm of the place. And as we listened, God began to develop a great love in us. And listening was the key. We had to listen before God gave us a deep love for the people. And as we came to love the people, they allowed us then to lead them. And we led them toward the way of Jesus. But it started with listening. We listened, and then God gave us a love, and then we were able to lead. This is what we're asking God to do for us. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find Hope. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.